Jesus, we love you so much, and we thank you for this morning to celebrate that you are raised to life. Our sin was great, but Jesus, you are stronger. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to continue working in us and each one of us this morning. I ask that as we open up your word in these few minutes together that you would speak to us, Lord. I thank you that this is not a dead book, but you are speaking to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask that every single one of us would leave changed in Jesus' name, that we wouldn't leave the same way we came this morning pray that Easter would take a whole new meaning for us. Would you open up our eyes to something? Would you refresh us for something we've known for so long, God? Would you just do something special in us this morning? Because you're so, so good. We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a high five, a hug, a happy Easter, a something as we uh, take a seat this morning. Thank you, worship team. They're awesome. I'm going to move this. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thanks. You uh, like who you're sitting next to this morning? It's a good looking crew today. Uh, Go ahead and pull out your Bibles. Open up to Matthew 28 if you've got them, a phone, a Bible, a something. If you don't have a Bible, you just don't have one this morning, or you don't own one, we'd love to give one to you. If you want to raise your hand, our beautiful host team will bring one to you. Uh, You go, feel free, you can take it home with you and keep it forever if you want a Bible this morning. If you've got one, Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to be this beautiful morning. I'm excited for church. I'm excited to be here. If uh, you're new with us, we're a new church. We just started in September, so this is our very first Easter celebration together. So welcome. Welcome to the family this morning. Any regulars excited for our first Easter? Come on. We like church. We love Jesus. Matthew chapter 28. If you're there, say, I'm there. Wow. I'm impressed. Way to go. Matthew 28. We're going to read verses 1 through 10 together in... uh, at some point, I'm probably going to ask for your participation, so are you warmed up and ready? Yeah, we, we like to say around here that church is a participation sport, so just because you're sitting in the seat doesn't mean you don't do anything. You're going to help me preach this morning. Anybody going to help me? Yeah. Matthew 28. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Somebody say, praise God. Woo! His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, repeat after me here, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. This is when it gets... Really extra good. He is not here. We're going to try that again. He is not here. For he has risen as he said. Hallelujah. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. That's got to be a lot of emotions going on there. They're poor hearts, you know, just a lot of fear, great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. But wait, there's more. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. I love the exclamation point. Did you have an exclamation point in your, in your Bible? I love that. I'm assuming that's how it was. Greetings. I mean, you're just back from the dead. No big deal. 
And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Happy Easter, everybody. Jesus is risen. It's a good day to love Jesus. Happy Easter. So glad you're here. I don't know if you know this, uh, but the NBA regular season ended last week. Are there any NBA fans in the room? Like three or four? Yeah, it's kind of what I thought. It's, not a, it's kind of basketball state, but I feel like there's not a, even a whole lot of Pacers fans that I know. But I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I'll, I'll watch it some. I'll watch it some. There's some specific players I like to watch. Um, not really any of them are Pacers, but, you know, that's okay. But the NBA regular season ended last week, uh, and the playoffs started this week. I think that, I know the Pacers played yesterday, and they lost, and, again, nobody cares. But uh, the NBA, the, the, I don't mean that nobody in our city, I mean nobody here. You get four of you raise your hand. I'm getting myself in trouble. What I'm trying to say is the playoffs started. That's all I'm trying to say. Playoffs started yesterday. And uh, that gets a lot of people excited. Again, maybe not everybody in this room, but it gets a lot of people excited when the postseason starts. Maybe uh, NBA isn't your sport, but you, maybe you have a sport. My sport's baseball, and uh, I usually don't watch a whole lot of baseball, but when the playoffs start, I get pretty excited when the postseason gets going. The NBA playoffs have just begun. And, uh, just like in any sport, even in the NBA, the reason that NBA, the, the NBA players and the teams, the reason that they play the regular season is not so that they can finish the regular season, right? They play to get to the postseason, right? You don't see any uh, like professional athlete being like, you know, I'm good to just go on vacation and miss the playoffs every year. Don't, not really interested in winning a championship. I just come and do the regular season thing, you know? Nobody's that unmotivated and gets to that type of a level, right? You don't play the regular season just for the sake of playing the regular season. You play to get to the postseason. So when the NBA, when the buzzer sounds on the, at the end of game 82, the regular season is finished, but the goal is that the season isn't over. Are you tracking with me? You'll start hearing coaches or players or commentators at, at this point of, of the season or this, this time of year for the NBA, they'll start saying things like, it's time to play playoff basketball. It's like, oh, there's a difference, apparently, between regular season and playoff basketball. They're saying that, though, to say, basically, in other words, you use the regular season to build towards the postseason, right? It's time to play playoff basketball. The goal is that in the regular season, you kind of hone your skills, you get team chemistry down, you figure out how to perform well, and then once the playoffs hit, the point is that that's when you start to play your best. Hopefully, you haven't played your best ball by the time the playoffs hit. It's time for playoff basketball. They say this is when it counts. This is what you play for. The season is over, but, or the season is finished, but hopefully it's not over. Are you with me so far this morning? Some of you were with us on Friday night, on Good Friday, as we celebrated uh, Jesus' crucifixion and death for us. In our time together, i give you just a little bit of a recap to catch you up on what we did if you weren't there with us. In our time together, we uh, spent... Most of our time together allowing God to speak to us sort of through different parts of his journey to and through the cross. We highlighted a few different events and moments on his journey and, and tried to allow God to speak to us. We took communion together in, in remembrance and in celebration that Jesus gave his body to be broken for us. For us, for me, for all of us, like we said at the beginning. It's for everybody and it's for me. He, he gave his body to be broken for us. He, he shed his blood as a, as a commitment to us, to make a covenant to us and forgive us of our sins. 
We talked about how there's things in our life that sometimes can distract us from being in relationship with God that we were made for. Jesus made time, even on his way to the cross, to be in communion with God. And there's things that distract us at times, and we allowed God to speak to us about those things to help us hopefully reduce those in our lives. We read about Jesus making a plea on the cross to have the Father forgive the people who were killing him of their sins that they didn't even know about. We talked about the incredible compassion and mercy of Jesus in the middle of being nailed to a cross, praying and interceding for those who were putting the nails in his hands. They weren't sorry, they weren't repenting, but he was still forgiving. And that's good news for me. Our God is so good. And we ended our time together reading uh, John chapter 19, 28 through 30, which says this. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch, and they held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Jesus' last words on the cross, according to the gospel of John, it is finished. It is finished. He was saying this old covenant where there's one person of the nation who gets to relate to God, it's finished. And I've opened up a way for everybody. There's a new covenant. It's finished. The breaking of my body, it's finished. Finished. The pouring out of my blood for your forgiveness, it's finished. My forgiveness of every one of your sins, even the ones that you don't know what you're doing, you don't know when you're doing it, you're not even saying you're sorry yet, it's finished. It's finished. In John chapter 19, we read Jesus say that it is finished. This morning we read Matthew 28 on Easter morning. Apparently after it's finished, Jesus had more to say. He bursts back on the scene in the middle of a road to two women who are coming to uh, put spices and anoint his dead body. And he's not there. The grave is open. His body is gone. There's angels there, though, which is totally normal and what you would expect, I'm sure, right? So the angels give them a task to do, and they think, okay, I guess that's what we go do. And on the way, Jesus shows up with an emphatic, greetings. It is finished, and all of a sudden, greetings. On Good Friday, we focus on honoring Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. We celebrate his incredible, passionate, and sacrificial love for us. Amen? Good Friday is a, it's kind of the, the season-ending buzzer, the declaration that it is finished. But on Easter morning, we celebrate an empty grave. We celebrate a living God. We celebrate that God had another declaration to make that only he could make. That after it was finished, only God can still have more to say. After it's finished, only God can still have more to do. After the season is finished in God, we're just getting started. I want to preach to you this morning from a title. If you've got notes out with you, I want you to write this at the top of your page. It is finished, but it's not over. I thought someone came to church today to hear the good news that it's finished, but it's not over. We're going to preach right to those seven people. It's finished, but it is not over. 
When he said, greetings, go tell my brothers, I'll see them in Galilee. Jesus was making a statement that, yes, it is finished, but don't be confused because it is surely not over. It's not over. The resurrection isn't a myth. It's not a cool idea. This isn't a metaphor that we celebrate this morning. The resurrection is for real. Jesus raised from the grave, and it means that the finish line of his death was the starting line of your new life. I want you to write that down. The finish line of his death was the starting line of your new life. It's finished, but it's not over. This good news this morning isn't just a religious idea to arrive at or a philosophy to agree with. This truth this morning is a brand new reality. It's a whole new kingdom. It's a brand new world if Aladdin was here with us this morning. This truth this morning that Jesus is risen means it's finished and it's not over. It means that the finish line of his life was the starting line of your new life. It means that he finished your shame so that you could live secure. It means that he took your disease so you could live healed. He took your mourning so you could live in joy. He separated you from your sin as far as the east is from the west so that you could live in his righteousness. He destroyed the works of the devil so that you could live in the kingdom of God. Is anybody encouraged about the power of Jesus yet this morning? This is good news. We're here to celebrate this Easter weekend. We're here to celebrate because the cross on Friday tells us that it's finished. And the empty grave on Sunday tells us that it's not over. It's not over. I wonder this morning, anybody here, maybe if there's anything in your life that you know is finished, but you don't know that it's not over. I wonder if there's anything in your life that you look at and you see that, yeah, it's finished, but maybe you need some hope this morning that it's not over. It's not over. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. This is God speaking to his people. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future. Somebody say a future. Tap your neighbor and say, I have a future. And a hope. I have a future and a hope. Is anybody here this morning who wants a future? Anybody in here could use some hope this morning? It's good news then that our God is alive. I don't know about you, but um, I found that in my life, it's pretty easy to become acutely aware of what is finished behind me and therefore not really look forward to the future with a whole lot of hope. Seems to be what the voices in my head are always talking to me about. Stuff that's done in the past, right? And it's hard when you go... When you're all caught up in what's so finished in the past to look to the future with any sort of hope. It might be a thing in your life where you're trying to have some self-control. You're trying to make a change. You're trying to be better in this area. But all you can think about is how you keep failing and your past is lined with failures. And so when you look forward, you just kind of assume that it's all over. It's finished and it's over. I'm not really going to get there. I'm never going to get that thing down in the future. Maybe you're one of those people, you've just never really been able to sort of get finances under control. And when you look back, you just kind of see the ups and downs and it's all around and you don't have real good history with the finance things. And so when you look forward, it's just kind of always going to be that way. It's just kind of kind of be this roller coaster ride all the time. 
Maybe at a time, you know, relationships just never seem to work out, whether it's um, romantic or not. You just, relationships just don't seem to be your thing. You have a past riddled with broken relationships, so you look forward and think, well, the future looks like it's going to be lined with some broken relationships, too. You tried pressing in at one point to uh, that relationship with your spouse, your child, a friend, whatever it was, kind of, you tried taking it to that next level, and it just didn't work. So why would you do it again in the future? Anybody ever had thoughts anywhere along these lines, or is that just me? It's easy to become so acutely aware of what's finished in the past and therefore not look forward to the future with a whole lot of hope. But I hope that you came to church this morning with a long list of those things because you need to hear that you don't have to let your future be determined by what's finished in your past. That's what, the, that's what the resurrection celebrates. You don't need to let your future be determined by what is finished in your past. You know, if you've been with us at all, that I love the Lion King. Anybody else? I think it's the greatest movie of all time. It has everything. Action, love story. It's got it all. I love the Lion King. Side note, you know Scar, the bad guy? Just in case you needed to know that my daughter is, in fact, the cutest little human on the planet. She calls him Scarf. <laughs> and it just melts my heart every time. I'm like, nobody correct her. If you ever hear her call him Scarf and you correct her, we're going to have to talk. Because <laughs> it's adorable. And Scarf got really mad. I'm like, yes, yeah, Scarf did get really mad. Scarf. You know I love the Lion King. But this morning, this talk of you don't have to let your future be, or be determined by what's finished in your past, I want you to know this isn't just optimism. And this isn't just another version of like Timon's life coaching to Simba. You know what I'm saying? When he finds him and they dig him up and they splash water in his face and they're like, what's going on? And he starts talking about, well, uh, I don't really want to talk about it. I, basically, I've got this stuff in my past that if you knew, you'd, you would know that I should be an outcast too. And you would think I was worthless too. I should just be out here and die. I've got this past, right? And Timon looks at him and he just is like, don't worry about it. He starts going on and on. Basically, like, just pretend it's not there. Hakuna Matata, man. Like... If you just don't think about it, then you don't have to worry about it, and it's like it's not even there, and we all just get to be happy. Have you ever tried that and realized it really doesn't work? <laughs> it's like, cool, Timon, great song, it doesn't work. Basically, he tells them, uh, when, you're, when the world turns its back on you, you turn your back on the world. It's like, that's not helping anybody. <laughs> what I'm trying to share with you this morning is not just another version of Timon's life coaching. Just turn your back on the world. Forget the past. Don't worry about it. Hakuna Matata. Pretend it never happened. That's not what I'm trying to tell you this morning. And we laugh when, I, when we talk about, man, Timon's advice is super silly. But if we're honest, we can all really start living that way. We've all followed Timon's advice too many times. I know I sure have. What I mean by that is we get so caught up in the past and it starts determining how we see our future and how we even live our future. We spend our present and we spend our future completely just responding to the past. Everything's determined because I'm looking back and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to undo that thing I wish I could undo. 
I'm trying to redo it. I'm trying to replicate a success I had in the past so that hopefully I can be worth something in the future. We're so caught up trying to shape our future by responding to our past. There's, when we look to our future, we think, well, I know how I'm going to be because of what uh, I did in the past, what I did or what I didn't do, or what has been done to me or what wasn't done to me, what was given to me, what wasn't given to me, right? We can get so caught up in the past that it determines our future. And on Easter morning, we celebrate that Jesus is risen. And I want you to hear that whatever your thing is this morning, I believe there's somebody in here, maybe all of you, there's something that you're thinking about. This thing in your past that you've been holding on to and it's been, it's been determining your present. It has been determining your future. The thing that you're holding on to that you're thinking about right now, I want you to know that just because it's finished on Easter morning, it's not final. I'm not saying the past isn't finished, but I'm saying the grave is empty and so it's not final. What's finished doesn't have to be final. Jesus shows up to these women on the road, says, greetings. And he tells them, I want you to go back to my disciples. I want you to go back to them. I want you to find them, and I want you to tell them to go to Galilee where they will see me. They're going to see me. Go back and find them and tell them to go to Galilee. Basically, keep moving forward. Keep going. Go do the last thing I told you to do. I told you I would meet you in Galilee, so go to Galilee. And the reason Jesus had to tell these women to go tell the disciples is because he knew that's not where they were going. He knew that wasn't where they were going. They were all caught up in everything that had just happened. And he knew that if they stayed caught up in what was finished, they were going to miss what wasn't over. You need to know today that your past may be finished, but by the grace of God, your future isn't over. Your future isn't over on this Easter Sunday. In other accounts of the Gospels, it shows us that the disciples, they were basically holed up, hiding in a room together because they were scared and they were sad, and they were distraught. They didn't know what was going to happen next. They had just seen Jesus die. I mean, they had been, they'd given their life to this guy. For the last three years, they were the crazy ones in the whole nation saying, this is the Messiah we've been waiting for. And then they stand by as he gets killed. I mean, that's discouraging if this is supposed to be the Messiah. They are stuck in a room. They're stuck at the cross and seeing that, yes, it's finished. And they're thinking, this whole thing, it's finished. This whole thing we thought was going to happen, it's, it's finished. And not only were they caught up in the fact that Jesus had been killed, that's bad enough, but I think they were also caught up in a whole bunch of shame and disappointment of themselves because the truth is, every single one of them deserted Jesus when he needed them the most. Not only had Jesus been killed, but they all ditched him in the very end. There's no hope of reconciliation. They're just forever those guys. Yeah, we thought Jesus was going to be the guy, and when, when the rubber really started to hit the road, we all ran and hid with our tails between our legs, and we got nothing to show for it. So here they are, stuck in a room, not knowing what to do next. But they needed to be reminded that, yes, it was finished, but it wasn't over, because Jesus had told them so many times that he was going to die. He had told them so many times. They never really caught it, but, but he had told them so many times that he was going to be killed to make a new covenant with the people. He's going to be killed to fulfill the scriptures. He's going to be killed and all these things. And every time he told them that he was going to be killed, he also told them he was going to raise from the grave. But they missed it. 
They got so caught up in what was finished that they totally forgot that it wasn't over. We can all do this. Just like the disciples, we can get caught up in what's finished and forget that it's not over. This morning on Easter, I just want nobody to walk out of here forgetting that it's not over. It's not over. Your life is not over. Your future is not over. Your hope is not over. The call of God on your life is not over. I don't know what's in the past, and sure, it's finished, but it's not over. But it's not over. I don't know about you, but uh, I've said this a few times before. Maybe you've heard somebody say something like this. Uh, you know, you're trying to encourage them. You're trying to tell them something like I'm telling you. Like, hey, there's hope. There's a future. There's all these things. And you say something like, yeah, that's great, but you don't understand. Right? Like, I'm the exception. You don't understand. I've got a past. I've got a past. And that past was a week ago. Or that past was 10 years ago. I don't know what the past was, but we've all said we have a past. Right? Because we've, we've all disqualified ourselves from the future. Anybody else? We've all disqualified ourselves from the future because of what is finished. But Jesus, on this Easter morning, he came out of the grave to tell you that he does understand. We say, Jesus, I know, but that's great that it's finished and you rose from the grave, but you don't even understand what I've done. He wants you to know he does understand. He knows exactly what you've done. He knows exactly what your past is. And he wants you to know this morning that it's time to stop looking at your past. It's time to stop being defined by your past. It's, stop, it's time to stop being determined by your past. And it's time to step into the hope that God has for you. And it's time to start being defined by the hope of your future. I want you to step into hope this morning, this Easter morning. Step into some hope. The past might be finished, but the future isn't over. Amen? It's finished, but it's not over. So I'm talking about the playoffs at the beginning of our time, and as I've been thinking about this morning and our time together, you know, what, Lord, what, what do we do here on Easter morning? The, the thing in my heart has been this cry, Lord, let us be playoff Christians. Let us be playoff Christians. Not, I don't want to just be a regular season Christian, right? That just stops that it's finished. I want to believe that it's not over. I want to believe that there's more for us to do. There's more of God to know. There's more that God wants to do in your life. Let's be playoff Christians. You might not even be a Christian here this morning, and you're like, that sounds cool, but I'm not even a Christian. That's okay. You can change that this morning. We can come to Jesus and be playoff Christians. My, my thing for us is let's get in the game. Amen? I want to get in the game. Let's, let's be people who jump into the game because Jesus didn't just die and raise again to save us into retirement. He didn't die and raise again to save us into retirement. He saved us. He died and rose again so that he could propel us into this postseason, into the but it's not over, to propel us into the resurrection. And I hope that we live our lives in the it's not over. He's just getting started with you. That's what I want you to know this morning. There's a life for you to live with God, walking in his power, seeing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that God maybe brought some of you here this morning on Easter because he wants you to know that it's finished and it's not over. And I think this is a message for, for us Christians for sure in the room because I think that maybe too many times what our normal can be is that we just kind of want to get back to ground zero, right? Like Jesus forgave me of my sins so I can stop sinning. What if it's more than that? I think it is. By virtue of the fact that he then came out of the grave, clearly he wasn't it wasn't over on the cross. He finished what he aimed to accomplish on the cross, but your life in him is not over. 
He's just getting started. The resurrection is a new beginning for you. If you've been around with us at all, you know that uh, something that, that we like to say around here is that salvation isn't a destination, it's an invitation. Amen? It's not a destination that we arrive to, it's an invitation into life with Jesus, walking with God. And after Jesus rose from the dead, Acts chapter 1 uh, tells us this in verse 3. It says that Jesus presented himself alive to them, being lots of different people, presented himself alive to them after, after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. This verse fascinates me because apparently three years of ministry, death on a cross, raising from the grave, didn't preach enough. There was still more to say. There was still more to do. He presents himself alive for 40 days speaking about the kingdom of God. That's crazy to me. Apparently, he's trying to teach us something that this new life he came to give, we're actually supposed to, like, go live it. Not just get it, but, like, go live this thing. After these 40 days, the Acts 1 through 3 tells us about the, the Bible says that Jesus ascended into heaven to be with the Father, and he didn't ascend, though, until he made a promise. He said, I want you to wait because I'm actually going to send you my very spirit to live inside of you. Wow. Wow. They were moving from a reality where one person once a year got to go into the presence of God and this, into this new covenant that, okay, you raised from the dead. Okay, now you ascend into heaven, but you're going to send the spirit of the living God to live inside of every Jesus follower. That's Jesus' promise. That's crazy. And he's saying, I want, you to, I want you to wait for this promise. I want you to wait to receive the Spirit of God, my very Spirit, because you are going to carry this kingdom that I've been talking about. And you're going to do it in greater works than I even did, in greater signs than I even did, in greater power than I even did, in greater influence than I even did. What an invitation. 40 days after the resurrection until the ascension, and then after the ascension, 10 more days until the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, the day as significant as any day in our faith and frankly as any day in history. The day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came to dwell in every follower of Jesus. The Spirit of the living God came to live inside of you. After all that had happened, after all that Jesus had done, healing the sick, raising the dead, preaching the gospel, washing their feet, forgiving his accusers and murderers, dying on a cross, raising from the grave, and ascending into heaven, after all that had happened, it wasn't over. It wasn't over. There was still 50 more days after the resurrection. 50 more days packed with power and significance. And on Easter morning, I think it's easy to sort of see this weekend that we've just celebrated. When we celebrated the cross and the resurrection, we can celebrate this as sort of a pinnacle. A pinnacle of Christianity. A pinnacle of our faith. The pinnacle of history was when Jesus rose from the grave. Because after all, Jesus said it's finished. I mean, this is, this is the high point. But my question this morning is what if it's not over? What if it's not over? What if what we've just celebrated isn't a pinnacle, but it's a launching pad? What if 
God doesn't just want to forgive you. What if he really does want to live inside of you and live a life through you and walk through this life with you and use you for his glory? What, what if church isn't just a thing of the past, but it's actually God's body to shape the present and the future? What if you have a part to play in that? What if it's finished, but what if it's not over? Over the next seven Sundays, starting next week, we're, the next seven weeks, about 50 days, we're gonna explore this idea together that it's finished, but, but it's not over. If it was finished, why these 50 more days? Why did he have to say some more? Why did he have to make more promises if it was all over? Maybe it's not over. Could it be that it really is finished, but it's really not over? And I wanna invite you to be a part of these next seven weeks with us as we dive into these next 50 days and be part of kind of this discussion and exploration with us as a church. And on this Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection, I don't want it to be a finish line for any of us. I pray that it's a starting line for all of us. And I wanna invite all of you, and this is, may sound crazy to, to some of you, but I wanna invite you to not miss any of the next seven weeks. I want you to commit to these, these seven weeks. Commit to this exploration. Commit to this thought not just on Sundays, but through your week. Commit this thought in your heart and allow God to work in your life. What if, Lord, what does it mean that it's finished, but, but it's not over? I wanna encourage you and invite you to create space, just these next seven weeks, and kind of offer it as sort of a, a space for God to work with in your own life and in your own heart. A little space for Him to do something with it. Allow being part of this community to open up a little bit of space in your heart and in your life to just allow God to do something. I don't know what it's gonna be, but maybe he really does wanna do something with you. Maybe he does wanna say something to you. Maybe he wants to bring you along for something that's better than you ever imagined. Maybe we can just take seven weeks together and engage this reality that it's finished, but it's not over. You may be here at church for the first time since last Easter, seven weeks sounds insane. But what if you're made for it? Just give it seven weeks. I wanna invite every single one of you to be a part of this for the next seven weeks. And let's just together, kind of as, as one body, say, God, would you speak to us? What does it mean that it's not over? What's, what's ahead? I understand that the past is finished, but what is the hope and the future that you have for us together and for us individually? Anybody ready to engage that question? Allow God to speak to you. Happy Easter, because it's just the beginning. I wanna invite you to go ahead and stand as we close our time this morning. I hope you believe this morning that God's just getting started with you. If you've been with us, you know that we like to end our time uh, with a time of response where we worship one more song together and uh, just try to create some space in our service a few minutes before we jump into our week to not just hear a word from God, not just hear a story, not just sing some songs, but to have a moment where we can respond to what God's been doing in you in these few minutes together. Maybe you've been feeling God speaking to you. He's tugging on your heart for something. You know there's a way for you to respond. The Bible says it's great to hear the word of God, but it's a blessing to do the word of God. And that's who we want to be, amen? We want to be a people who respond. And so you may need to respond in a couple of different ways this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus. And You've never committed to follow him. You've never 
received forgiveness of the cross and the new life of the resurrection. And today is your day. You, all you have to do is just make a decision and say, Jesus, I commit. I'm in. I want to follow you. Would you forgive me? Maybe that's your response this morning. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you're a Christian here this morning. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while or, or not that long, but as we're talking, you know there's an area of your life where you've stopped at it's finished and you're not really living in the fact that it's not over. You know that there's more that you could be walking in in your life, but you've been holding back or, or maybe you never thought of it before and it just came to mind and you want to step into more. You want to step into the more of God. Maybe that's your response is just, you know, I want to be in. I want to be all in. Maybe I don't even know what the thing is, but I just want to be a playoff Christian, right? Like, I just want to be in, whatever it looks like, whatever the cost. And So I'm going to pray for us here in just a moment. I'm going to sing a song, but um, I want to invite you right now. Usually sometimes we have people to pray um, over to the side or anything like that, but um, Jesus said, go tell, go tell my disciples that basically if they want to see what's not overcome to Galilee, he invited him into emotion. He invited him into moving. And I want to invite you to move right now if you want to move into the fact that it's not over with God. So if you want to respond this morning, whether you're giving your life to Jesus, whether you just are saying, I'm just in. I'm just in for the kingdom of God, whatever. I want to invite you to move right now to the front of the room. And I want to pray for you as we close. So you can start moving right now. It might be one of you. It might be 10 of you. It might be whatever. But if that's you this morning, you just want to be in, you want to commit, just come on right up into the front. We're going to pray and worship together. I'm going to pray for us, and you can continue to keep moving up here for those of you who, who want to respond this morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? As I begin praying, if it's you this morning, you're saying, I, I've never decided to follow Jesus, but I want to make that decision right now. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I've got something in my life that um, I, I just, I need a fresh start. I need a resurrection. If you want to commit to following Jesus, I want to invite you while everybody else has their heads bowed, I want to invite you to raise your hand right now. If that's you this morning, you want to commit to following Jesus. I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for all of you this morning that we be Christians who step in to the truth that it's not over, that we wouldn't live our lives just making it through, but we'd step into the more of God as we sing together one last time. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for Easter Sunday. We thank you for showing up on our road this morning with greetings, that it is finished, but it's not over. God, I ask in the power of the Holy Spirit that this, that this phrase, this truth would go deep into our hearts. And I ask God over these next 50 days that you would open up our eyes, our hearts, our minds to see you, to understand your kingdom more than we ever have. Lord, I ask that over the next 50 days, not just for our church, but for our city, these would be the most powerful 50 days, that we would, become, that we would come to know Jesus more than ever before. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to move in our lives, to move in our city, to move in our church. Lord, I thank you for everybody here in the front of the room. I ask that you fill them with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask for their journey over uh, the, the rest of today and the next 50 days. Lord, would you give them more than they're ready for, more than they're hungry for, more than they're asking for. I ask that they would see you, they would hear you in a new way, that this would be a day where we are launched into it's not over. I pray that it would change from being a pinnacle this weekend and being a launching pad for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together as we end our time.